Welcome to Jeremiah's Fifth Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. Well, welcome to our worldwide church service, praise the Lord. I hope that you're doing good. I'm so glad I'm with you. I'm Jeremiah Smith, and I'm pumped to be here with you today, and I hope that you're ready for a good time. You know, I believe God's going to do some wonderful things for you today, and I'm expecting some wonderful move of the Holy, a wonderful move of the Holy Spirit, and I believe he's going to minister to you and help you to get some questions answered and help you with your faith today. He's a good, good God, praise the Lord. So I'm glad we're together today, and I hope that you're ready for God to move and do some special things. You know, you didn't happen to just turn this on by accident. I believe that you were drawn here by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I believe he's leading you and guiding you today to help you to be encouraged in your faith and help you to get some answers to some questions that you may have today. You know, he's a good God and he wants to do some wonderful, wonderful things for you today. Praise the Lord. You know, he wants you to make sure that you're keeping your oil full. Are you making sure that you're keeping your oil full today? You know, he says, be being filled by his spirit. You know, and it's important that we're being filled by his spirit on a daily basis. Are you making sure that you're full and full of him today? You know, living in his presence, letting him change your oil today and making sure that you're walking to the fullest of your capability in Christ. Praise the Lord. So we will make sure that we're doing that. You know, my car has to have the oil changed. You know, after some time, the oil doesn't work like it should, you know, in the car. And it's important that you're making sure that you're changing the oil in your spirit like you should. Filling yourself up, be being filled with his presence on a daily basis. You know, God wants us to stay full of him, full of God. I like what, uh, what Smith Wigglesworth used to say, full of God, full of God. Amen. You know, we want to be full of God on a daily basis. And I believe he wants you to make sure that you're being filled with him today and living in his presence. Are you taking care of your spirit? Are you feeding your faith? Well, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to work with you to make sure that you're full of your faith today and encourage you right there where you're at. Praise the Lord. So you're not here by accident. I'm, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I draw all men unto me. And I believe the Holy Spirit drew you in here. And I believe he's going to minister to you today. Praise the Lord. There's nothing I can do, but I thank goodness we have the, the God of the heavens and the precious Holy Spirit here to help us. And he has all the answers for all your questions to help you today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you can catch us live every Wednesday and every Sunday. Sometimes I'm not here. And if I'm not here, then you can you can uh, subscribe to our channel there on uh, jeremiasmithministries.podbeam.com. And if for some reason I'm not here, we'll post a message. Make sure that you have something to feed your spirit there. Uh, but uh, if you can't catch us live, you, you know you can catch us on the rebroadcast. We try to be live every Wednesday and Sunday, 6 p.m. Central Time. And then and of course, uh, Sundays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Podbeam. If you're on Podbeam right now, we are live right now. And of course, if you watch the YouTube video, we try to post that about 9 o'clock. Sometimes we have some challenges with the processing with that, but we try to post it about 9 o'clock each evening uh, for you there. If you'd rather watch the video, sometimes people may want to watch the video. And so we have that, and we are recording the video right now for you. And we like to do that. I like to do it live, so hopefully we can do it live again for you. And so it can be a blessing to you. Praise the Lord. But uh, you can catch us live at those times. If you can't catch us live, you can listen to the rebroadcast on several different places at Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, Listen Notes, Podbeam, TuneIn Up Alexia, 
It goes on and on. iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Deezer, Pandora, Verbal, iVox, Audio Junkie, Podchaser, Player FM, Samsung, and uh, many others there. So you're welcome to check that list of uh, media there at jeremiasmithministries.podbeam.com. So we, 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 you can listen to the rebroadcast on your time there. You know, we have people literally listen all the way around the world, and sometimes it's better for you to listen to the rebroadcast. But if you want to catch us live, you can catch us live at those times, and we are here for you to be a blessing to you. And I'm, I'm so excited that we get to have some time together, praise the Lord. Well, you know, we're going to get into our message. If you're ready, you know, we're going to get into the studying about what our series has been about, about how to face a killer. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, the enemy's trying to cause havoc and challenges in people's lives. But, you know, Jesus has already paved the way and taken care of things for us. But it's important we understand our enemy and understand how to overcome when he's giving you challenges today. Are you having challenges today? Has he been giving you lots of things that you're you're learning to have to defend yourself and come through and have faith to come through? You know, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And, you know, God's raising the standard for you. He's here to help you. And it's important that we, we know how to deal with a killer, praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about that today. Before we start, let's pray real quick, and then we'll get into our message. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy, Father, Lord. And, Father, we just ask as we get into this message today that we ask that your precious Holy Spirit be our teacher, be our help, and help be our standby in everything we do. Flood us with light. Help us to see some stuff we've never seen before. And, Father, we ask that you help not one person to leave without getting what they need today. By your precious Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. And before we go, we minister to you. We thank you for taking care of our families. We thank you for taking care of us, Father. We thank you that you, you're meeting every need, Father, healing those that are needing healing today, Father. And, Father, we just thank you for taking care of us and looking out for us in every area of our lives. And we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, let's go ahead and get into the word today. Praise the Lord. First Timothy 6, 2 says it like this. It says, fight the good fight. It says, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession by many witnesses. Notice it says, fight the good fight. Hey, we're in a good fight, right? Jesus has already taken care of everything. We know we have a defeated enemy, and we're fighting a good fight to make sure others come with us to heaven, and they have a better life. Praise the Lord. It's a good fight. It's, it's wonderful that you get up to get, are able to get up in the morning and face another day and help another person. Praise the Lord. It's a good fight, and it's exciting. We're living in the end times, and I believe it's exciting. You should be excited about living in this time. I believe that cloud of witnesses are looking down at us, and they're, they're wanting to see what we're doing, and they're excited about it. You know, and they, they would, I believe they would love to be here at this time. It's a precious time, you know, and I believe we're going to see a precious move by the Holy Spirit in this time. Matter of fact, even when you're listening right now, I believe the Holy Spirit's touching me with his power. He's touching you right there where you're at, giving you a refreshing time, praise the Lord, by his precious Holy Spirit. You know, because it's a good time, amen, and he's moving, and he wants you, you know, he wants you to do some wonderful things for somebody, you know, you don't know who you're going to talk to tomorrow, you have no idea who you're going to get, the Lord's going to bring you in their pathway tomorrow, and he wants you to be refreshed today by his precious Holy Spirit, so that you can minister to those people tomorrow, you know, he has divine appointments for us, you know, he He sets people in places, puts you in places, he, he has divine appointments for every one of us listening, you remember the man with the picture in his hand? 
You remember that, you know, God told his disciples, he said, go meet the man with the pitcher in his hand, you know, and he went to meet them. They went to meet the, the man with a pitcher in his hand and they were able to go and uh, do the Passover and they were able to go and uh, take communion there, you know, before the, 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 during the last supper. And think about that today. But the, the man had the room all prepared for them. What, what kind of things does God have prepared for you during your pathway? Think about that today. He has a room. He may have all the stuff that you needed already prepared. You know, he may, the Bible says he has passed, prearranged, and picked for you. One translation says, live in the good life. Amen. You know, he has passed for you places he wants you to be, and he has a good life for you, praise the Lord, and he wants to make sure that you're on that path. Think about that today. He, You remember Abraham, you know, when he was going up the mountain, you know, he was going up that mountain and taking Isaac up there to sacrifice him, and right before he went to sacrifice uh, uh, sacrifice Isaac there, you know, he looks over, and he, uh, there was a ram in the thicket, you know. God had already had some things prearranged, had already provided for him. He said, God will provide, he told his son. And he got there, and of course, God did provide, made sure he had what he needed, you know. But something about being on that path, God provides. He takes care of you, you know, and he makes sure that everything's lined up if you're in that path, praise the Lord. Are you on that path today? Are you walking in that path that God has for you? Well, he has special, unusual good things in that path. Well, we were talking about the path here. Why don't we talk a little bit more about the path before we get started here with the message today? You know, I remember when I went to Ramah, you know, the Lord had talked to me. He said, hey, you know, you want me to go to Ramah? Gave me a whole bunch of stuff after praying for a while, you know, and I went to Ramah. It's interesting how I'd already been on a job that transferred right there to where I needed to be. And there was a job provided for me when I got there, and they took care of me. And then an even better job was there when I got there when I went to Ramah. Think about that. Stuff lined up for my path as I went down to go to Bible school, praise the Lord, on God's on his plan. Walking in that path, things were provided for me, you know. And he wants to make sure that you're on the path that you need to be, praise the Lord. I remember, you know, he was talking to Elijah, you know. He said, go over to a brook, and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to feed you there. Well, if Elijah didn't go there, he wasn't going to be taken care of. And it's important that we're on that path that God has for us so that we're taken care of. He has stuff there for you. He has stuff all on that path, wonderful things, your heart's desires, you know, because he cares about your desires. You say, well, he cares about my desires. Oh, man, it's all through the Bible. <laughs> he said, delight yourself in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Think about that, just delighting in him. Walking in with him, he has things within that path that are the desires of your heart. Amen. It's, if you're not getting the desires of your heart, you need to be looking at the path. Right? If you're not getting the things that you need, you might be looking at the path. Powerful to think about, isn't it? You know, if you're, if, if you're having challenges that you should not be having, maybe you need to look a little bit at the path. Praise the Lord, you know. I remember going, you know, and I mean, we had some wonderful things happen. Our jobs were taken care of. Things just kept moving up. And, you know, all along that path, things seem to work out. God means it has the things that will meet your needs and help you. But we always need to be examining that path that he has for us, right? Helps us with our fight. Think about that, you know. In the path, there's special graces because he can help you with your fight. In the path, has someone to encourage you like me right here today, encouraging you today along that path. I believe you're on that path just because you turn this on today, praise the Lord. He's, he's wanting to encourage you right there where you're at. Maybe you're having some challenges. He's saying, hey, don't worry. You, <laughs> you just happen to stop in here at Jeremiah Smith Ministries, and you're getting encouraged on the path. Amen. He wants to encourage you. 
He wants to help you along that path. You know, I remember, you know, when watching some people race and they do walks or something like that in a marathon, there's some people along that path that have some cups of water and water bottles to keep you going on the path. <laughs> Amen, you know. And I remember we one time we were uh, working with our church, you know, we actually went out to a park and they had this long path, you know, that people like to walk on. I believe it was about two miles, you know. Me and my wife like to walk on this. And it was a long sidewalk around this big old park, you know, there in Bethany, Oklahoma. And we went out there and we took a bunch of waters, you know, to encourage people to go to church, but also to make sure they had some water so they didn't get dehydrated. And we talked to some really interesting people there, just hand them bottles of water out there on the path and you know god has refreshing things for you along that path think about that today if you're on the path he's going to refresh you he's going to send great times of refreshing for you he might even have some ministry things that happen where you end up at a ministry and they refresh you You might run into somebody that encourages and you have a great prayer meeting you know but he has things along that path that help you to get where you need to go, you know, graces along that path, you know, and you know, people ask about or Roberts, they said, well, you know, what's the, what's the anointing you like the most? He said, the one I need at the time. <laughs> and you know, you may be going for a difficult, difficult time right now. And he's giving you grace because you're on this path. Praise the Lord. You know, you're right here where you need. He gives you grace to keep you on that path that he has for your life. Pathways. That's what my wife likes to say. Pathways, you know. And you have pathways that lead you to those graces and encouragements and, and the things that you need within that pathway and protection. And it's good to be in that path that God has for you. It's, there's nothing better than being in the path. Maybe you don't have anything and you're sitting there and all you got is one piece of furniture, but you know you're on the path. There's nothing but a better feel. There's not a better feeling than being on the path, you know. I mean, we went to Rama, you know, and we didn't have a whole bunch of furniture, you know. We were in a, a one-bedroom apartment, you know, but we were just happy to be on the path, you know. And there, that says a lot when you're on the path. There's a lot of joy in that path, a lot of peace within that path. If you're on the path that God has for you, praise the Lord. I believe that was for somebody, but you need to make sure that you stand on the path so God can do some wonderful things in your life. Like we said, 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, he wants you to have a good witness. Oh, boy, we could go on for hours about this. A good witness, you know. You being beaten down and you being dragged all over the place, that's not a good witness for God, you know. He wants you to have a good witness. He wants you to have good things to say about him, you know. You sitting there not getting what God has for you, it doesn't give him a good witness, doesn't make him look good, you know. But when you have the things you need to have, it makes him look good, you know. You know, I mean, you, you go to school and, you know, you don't have a nice outfit. Well, that doesn't make the parents look that good, you know, if they're sending their kid to school like that. But if the kid has nice clothes, it makes the parents look good, you know. And it's important that you have the things that you need to have in this life because it makes the father look good. And he wants you to have for it. Jesus paid, shed his blood so you would have the things that you need to have in this life, don't settle for less than the best. No, he, he wants you to have what you need to have in this life because he paid his price for it. That could be healing for somebody. That could be the financial needs for somebody. That could be, a, you know, that could be a good job for somebody, right? That could, be a, that could be a nice house for somebody. That could be peace for somebody. Somebody doesn't have lots of peace, you know. That makes him look good when you have peace. 
You know, that, that could be joy. You're right in a circumstance when you shouldn't have joy, but you got joy in your circumstance. That says a lot about the Father, doesn't it? You know, it says that He's a good God and He takes care of you, you know. You know, people tell off on God that He's a bad God, but the truth is He's He's got everything you need. He's provided for everything you need to have. And so you need to make him look good. Get in his presence. Get you some fresh oil, praise the Lord, and make him look good. Amen. He's a good father. Don't don't be going telling off on the father that he's not a good father and you because you're going without the oil, going without the things that he paid for. No, you know, represent the father in a good way. Talk tell people how good he is and and just show it with your life how good good God is. He's a good father. Amen. And he's the good shepherd. And he, he shepherds his sheep good, you know. And it's important that we represent him in a good way. Well, let's look at Ephesians, the sixth chapter here in the 10th verse. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, we've talked about this just a little bit as we've gotten into this, but we're coming back to this again. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Did he say be strong in yourself? Did he say you should be out doing everything on your on your lonesome? <laughs> you know, but people like to do things on their own, you know, and God never called us to do things on our own. He called us today to do it with him. The Bible says we're laborers together with him. Don't get out there ahead of him because you're going to fall on your face. Don't get behind him. You know, you know, you want to be right with him. And everything you do, you want to get up and be led by him, you know. He says that we're supposed to be sons of God and be led by his spirit on a daily basis, you know. We don't want to get ahead of him, and we don't want to be behind him. But when he calls us to do something, we want to do it. I don't know how many times he's just told me to do something, and I just do it. I think that's why he liked Abraham so much. He'd tell Abraham to do it, and he just did it, you know. He told him to go sacrifice his son. You would think, well, man, I'm going to take a few weeks to think about this. But no, he got up the next day and said, I'm going to go sacrifice my son. <laughs> you know? Wow, that's powerful. If you haven't watched that movie, you should watch that movie about Abraham that just came out not too long ago. But, man, it kind of brings in the realization, you know. You don't think his wife was mad at him? You don't think people around him were, you know, <laughs> you know, he wasn't dealing with real things in his life, but he obeyed God, you know, and sometimes people may not agree with you and they may not understand you, but it sure makes a lot more sense to obey God, doesn't it? You know, you, you think about the Noah's Ark there, how many people probably didn't understand him. They didn't agree with what he was doing, yet he's got the family working on the ark, <laughs> you know. Well, how powerful to think, well, it's always better to go with God. I bet he kept his joy. I bet he kept, he kept his peace because he was about the plan of God, you know. Maybe today he's called you to do some things within ministry, you know, and some people say, well, why would you do that now? You know, Jesus hasn't come for all decades and centuries. You know, he hasn't been here for some time, you know. And, but God's called you to get up in the morning and start working. Well, he, maybe, he, maybe he knows he's coming quicker than you think he's coming. And maybe he's coming a lot faster than what you predict, you know, with what you think, you know. And it's important that you're doing what he's asking you to do so you can minister as many people as we possibly can. You know, I believe the time's short. I believe that this thing's going to be over pretty soon and he's going to wrap some stuff up and he's calling some people to do some unusual things and some wonderful things in this time, praise the Lord. Maybe you're going to do something unusual, something people might not think is normal, but, you know, God will call you to do some unusual stuff, you know. 
I remember, you know, he had me doing that coffee house thing. I've talked about it several times. You may be a new listener, so I'm going to tell you. But I remember, you know, I, I started out, my dad had a sub shop, and I, we converted into a coffee house at night on Friday nights. I felt led to do that, so I converted into a coffee house. You wouldn't believe how many people supported me in that. It was amazing. I mean, people supported me in that, you know, and we just gave out coffee free and cheesecake you know my brother was actually making some wonderful cheesecakes i mean stuff that was unbelievable caramel cheesecake i mean raspberry cheesecake i mean man i seem like people just come in just get the cheesecake praise the lord you know and well you know my, my brother got involved you know being on that path you know amazing how things happen people made the curtains i had an aunt pass away not too long ago you know and she helped us with the curtains and Aunt odessa and uh, man, I mean, they—they they, she actually hand made those curtains so that we had curtains go front around the front of this coffee house place that we were making in my dad's sub shop who passed away last year. Think about that. You know, we converted it. People were getting involved in it. Wow, stuff happens when you're on the path. Praise the Lord. People want to get involved. They want to get involved in a move of God. They want to be a part of something that you're doing for Jesus. You know, maybe if you're doing some other stuff, they don't want to get involved, you know, but the, people want to get involved when it comes to stuff with Jesus, <laughs> amen, and uh, they were getting involved, and they were helping me, and then I, I pick up my cousin Ricky, and we'd come out there, you know, Ricky'd run the sound system, and I'd play some guitar and do some ministry, and then had my, my brother EJ there, you know, praise the Lord, good friend, and he would do some ministry with some poetry, you know, and we'd minister to whoever's there on Friday night, just had the door open, minister to people, you know, unusual, <laughs> That's kind of crazy to some people, drinking coffee, having cheesecake, singing about Jesus, ministering about Jesus. That's unusual, you know, but he might call you to do something unusual. Well, you know, the next thing you know, I, I'm going to another coffee house. My good friend, Marion, we're forming a Christian band and we go to another coffee house and it was a real a full-fledged coffee house. It's called Mocha Madness. If you haven't heard of Mocha Madness, well, I don't believe it's there today. Up in Midwest City, Oklahoma, you know. Well, this gentleman, his business was going, you know, terrible. It wasn't doing good. And I remember we pulled up to the front, you know. I remember pulling up my little, my blue probe car, you know. And I pulled up there and the Lord said, well, you know, he was leading me to do that, you know, and leave the other thing I was doing. And he said, if you bless him, I'll bless you, you know. I pull up in the car, you know, and we would play. We would pray with people. We'd have all kinds of different denominations of people all night in the middle of the night praying before we did our, our music thing the next day because we'd been doing it for some time. People getting involved and other people. I mean, just man, young people coming from everywhere, you know. And the Lord was moving in that thing. Powerful to think about. Unusual. <laughs> <laughs> ministering to young people. You think about the Jesus movement. That's unusual, you know, but he might have you do something unusual and you need to be open to it today. You know, we're trying to reach as many people as we possibly can and you need to be ready for something unusual. He might move in a different way than what you think he's going to move. You know, I remember watching that Jesus movement move, uh, movie there and it was interesting to see because it was he was moving in a different way, you know, than what people might think he might move, you know, and he might give you an idea he might lead you to do something unusual, but it's important that you're doing what he has you do because he knows who that's going to minister to. He knows who he's going to touch, and it's important that you're doing that thing that he asks you to do. Maybe it's not what you expect, but it's important that you do what God has you to do, and you're going to find fulfillment in that. You're going to find joy in that, you know, but you got to be open to listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what God has you to do, you know. Man, we had people doing everything in that coffee house, man. We had, we had people acting. <laughs> we had people playing music. 
We had poetry going on. After a while, we called it Artists for Jesus. We had so many different arts going on, you know. It was powerful to think about. And, you know, and being on that path, I ended up meeting my wife in that path. We kept My band was blessed in that path. We, had, we got to minister to all kinds of people, you know. It was amazing. We'd have a full coffee house full of people, you know, just being in that path. And God giving me ideas, you know. I remember he gave me an idea in the middle of the night, you know, and I was, or I went to a prayer group, you know, he had an idea about, um, I believe it was in the middle of the night. He had me print these flyers, you know, and then I'd take it over to my prayer group that I was going to, that my father was leading there. And we would have them lay hands on all these flyers, you know, we sent them out to all the churches in the area. We just wanted to minister to young people. There wasn't somewhere for them to go, you know. And uh, we sent those flyers out to minister to those people, and they came there. And, I mean, it just was full. They, they wanted somewhere to go, somewhere for the kids to go. You know, there's places that the kids can get together and be encouraged, you know. Outside the church, they could get encouraged and be in places, you know, safe places for them to be encouraged, you know. And so it was interesting. We did that, you know, and encouraged them. And, I mean, it just was it was a full house, and we had adults there, young people there. It was amazing, praise the Lord unusual and god might have you do something unusual because his spirit's moving and his grace is moving to do some unusual things today praise the lord you have to be open to it and you got to be ready for the unusual because he's going to flow the way he wants to flow not the way you want to flow he wants to flow the way he wants to flow praise the lord i remember you know when i was going to the bible school everybody wore a suit now today you know they don't wear suits quite as much and think about it we have to be ready for change and we got to be ready for, to minister to the people we need to minister to. The biggest thing, though, is the anointing of God and being in that path that he has for your life. If you've got the anointing of God, you can look any old way, praise the Lord, and God will minister to people and be a blessing to people. Anyway, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the tenth verse is, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the, against the wiles of the devil. Think about that today. He has some wiles. He's a, he's a, he's an ugly devil. <laughs> he's not a pretty devil, you know, and he's ugly to people. There's some people he's been very ugly to, and we have to be ready to deal with our enemy. You know, he's, he's a real devil. And the reason why I'm doing this message is because I wanted people to understand the seriousness of our enemy, Satan. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're not wrestling with people. We're dealing with a whole other realm of the enemy. And he uses people most of the time to affect you. But, you know, the, the enemy is not the people, you know. You, just because such and such said something mean to you doesn't mean that they're the enemy, right? We're dealing with a real devil. You know, they may have let the enemy work through them, but they're not the enemy. And they don't realize that he's working with them to cause challenges, you know. And he does that. He causes challenges and havoc in many people's lives because they're influenced by him. And you know, there's leaders in countries that he works with, too. And it's important that you realize it's not the leader, it's the enemy. We want everybody to be saved. God loves everybody. He loves the whole world. He gave his whole life for the world, didn't he? And that means your leaders. That means people you may think are doing all kinds of wrong stuff and have done wrong stuff, but God forgives them, and he loves them if they'll come to Jesus so they're not our enemy, praise the Lord. The 13th verse says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, 
that ye may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. You say, well, that, well, Jeremiah, these people done some evil things. You know, God's forgiven people on death row. People have gotten saved right before they went to heaven and they've done some ugly things. And I wish they didn't do ugly things, but God does forgive them. And he loves them if they'll accept Jesus and his wonderful, precious blood. If you'll let him do that for you, praise the Lord. He'll do that for you right now. Maybe you've done some ugly stuff. Maybe you are a person that's went through challenges and, and done things you're not, you feel like is inappropriate. Well, God forgives you. Aren't you glad he forgives you? You know, I've done all kinds of things, <laughs> crazy things, but he forgives me. He's a loving God. Amen. And I thank God for his grace and his love. You know, Paul did some really ugly things. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, you know, even went against Christians to take their lives. Think about that today. When God forgives him, Peter denied him three times. I think if I denied Peter, you imagine what Peter's challenge was just forgiving himself and Jesus come looking for him. And he's looking for you. He forgives you. And he wants you to be about the master's business. Amen. He wants you to be a get on, get up, get going, and do what he's called you to do. He's a forgiving God and a graceful God. Don't let somebody tell you he's not going to forgive you. Don't let somebody tell you that you've done too much wrong. He's a forgiving and a loving Father. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's go on down here. We're still looking at this. The 14th verse says, Stand therefore, have it on your loins, girt about with truth, and have it on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, whereunto we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, we're going to get into those things. We've been talking about a bunch of things, and I was telling my son, hey, I'm going to do another message on, uh, you know, about the, uh, you know, about this series here about facing a killer. There it is. It came to me. And uh, <laughs> he was like, you're going to do another one? I said, well, yeah, we're, we're talking about the armor of God. We're talking about how to deal in, in wartime and a battle. And we are in a war for people's souls right now and for your soul, right? He, he tries to come after your beliefs. He tries to take you down. He wants you to lose the faith, you know, and it's important that you know how to battle. You know, you don't want to lose the faith. You don't want others to go to hell. And it's important that you're ready to fight the good fight of faith. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 in the Amplified, we have just, we're going to look at the 10th verse through the 12th, uh, which we just read there, but it breaks it down a little bit better about our enemy, the devil. It says, in conclusion, and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his, his bondless might, put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendor armor of a heavily armed soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand against all the schemes, <clears throat> excuse me, and strategies of, and the deceits of the devil. Notice what it says there though, so that you may be able to successfully stand against all the schemes and strategies and the deceits of the devil, the schemes and strategies and deceits of the devil. You don't think that he plans certain things. You don't think he tries to get you in certain situations. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he does. He's a he's an ugly devil. Think about that today, especially if you're in ministry. You know, it's a, it's a, it's amazing. You know, if you're ministering to people, if you're having a good effect on people in some way, 
You know, you have to be very, very keen to watching out for what the enemy likes to do. He likes to get you in circumstances to get you to quit. He likes to come after your beliefs. He likes to cause challenge. You say, well, why'd you say beliefs? Because we're talking about beliefs is why I was talking about that today. But he likes to try to get you to quit because he doesn't want you to reach others. He doesn't want your life to matter to others, you know, and he wants you to lose belief. He wants he doesn't want you to go to heaven, you know, so he fights your belief system is what he's after. And if he can get your beliefs off, you're in trouble, you know, because we are what we call believers. <laughs> Amen. And these signs follow those who believe, right? They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, cast out devils, speak with new tongues. So your effect in your world is affected by your belief system. And he likes to come after your beliefs. If he can get you to believe that you're not forgiven today, he, you feel like you're worthless. You know, if he can get you to think that you're not righteous today, then he, you don't feel like you have value. It's important that you have a good, strong belief system. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But he has schemes that he tries to affect your belief system. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 6, 16, this is what we're talking about today out of those verses. It says, and above all, taking the shield of faith. My goodness, we could talk about that for hours. I have eight or nine messages on faith in this particular area here, the shield of faith. Why is this so important? Well, you know, because there's a lot of believers right now, and I, I, and I can think of some people right now, and you may be able to think of them right now, they're on the wayside because of their belief system. It's amazing how the enemy can get them to believe the wrong things and get them off track and get them on the wayside with their belief system. Your belief system is your protective system of the armor. And notice he calls it your shield. Your shield is your protection, your core values, your beliefs. Those are your protection from the enemy. And so he likes to go right after your belief system so they can get you off track from where you need to go. You say, well, how do you know this? We're going to look at some scriptures and you're going to be like, oh my goodness, Jeremiah. <laughs> he likes to attack your belief system. You know, he doesn't want you to believe and he's going to move in your life. He doesn't want you to believe he's going to provide for you. God's going to provide for you. He doesn't want you to believe that you're, you always triumph through Christ Jesus. You know, he wants you to think you're not going to make it this time. He's after your belief system. That's what he's after. That's what he went after in the Garden of Eden. We're going to look at that. And that's what he went after with Jesus when Jesus was out in the, uh, being tempted there. And he went and Jesus fasted 40 days because he knew he was going to come after his belief system. What are you doing to protect your belief system today? You know, he, he'd love to get you off in your belief system, you know, and something doesn't go right. He said, well, that's God. God's not going to provide for you. God's not going to take care of you. He goes after your beliefs so he can get you off track from where you need to be. You'd be surprised how many people he's affected their belief system, you know. Amazing to me. You'll see somebody. I remember this good Christian singer I'm thinking of right now. Well-known Christian singer was height of his career, beautiful worship music, doing great things. You know, if I mention it, you probably know his name. We're not going to do that, but it's amazing how his beliefs got off and his Christian career just went way down. You know, it's amazing, but it's just all it takes is some effect on your belief system, right? He comes and makes havoc on what you believe. He wants to get you off the path that you need to be on. That's why we got to protect ourselves and our beliefs. We got to be firmly persuaded, right? Have some faith. 
You know, the vine's concordance calls faith the firm persuasion. <laughs> Amen. We need to have it from two or three witnesses and be firmly persuaded, you know. He's not going to get Jeremiah off. He's not going to get you off. Why don't you say that with me? He's not going to get me off. <laughs> Amen. And my beliefs are going to protect me. You might say that today with me. My beliefs will protect me. Praise the Lord. My faith will protect me. My firm persuasions will protect me. If you'll let him do that for you today, praise the Lord. So today we'll be talking about the shield of faith. Well, what we know about the shield of faith. Well, in Romans, uh, the Roman soldiers there, this is interesting what you can find out about the Roman soldiers. It says uh, they had a three and a half feet tall shield, and it was almost three feet wide. Boy, this must have been an important part of their armor, huh? It was three and a, think about that now. It was, it was three and a half feet tall. This is a pretty big shield. And almost three and a half and then three feet wide. Three feet wide. My goodness, that's a big, big <laughs> shield. We have a Captain America shield for my son, and it's it's only about this big. That ain't gonna protect you much. But this shield, this booker's gonna protect you, praise the Lord. And if you put that out there, it's gonna do some some damage, isn't it? It's gonna protect you in different ways. A nice shield will protect you, you know, if you'll let it protect you. Makes you think about Captain America, doesn't it? Captain America, you know, and the and the uh, the Avengers there, and how he uses his shield. He's noted for all the shields that he has there, and the Avengers and Captain America throws his shield, protects himself with that shield. Sometimes he'll he'd fall and let that shield protect his whole body. Pretty valuable thing to protect you, huh? How much more do these Roman soldiers, you know, use these to protect them back in the back in this day? It must have been a pretty valuable importance to them, you know. You're talking about protecting your life, right? Protecting your life. Do you want to protect your spiritual life? Man, if you have no spiritual life, you don't have a life. You say, what, Jeremiah? Yeah, if you don't have a spiritual life, you don't have a life. You know, if you don't have God's love in your life, you can't love other people. If you don't have God's example in your life and his presence and peace in your life, you can't be have peace to deal with other people and patience to deal with other people, right? If you don't have a spiritual life, you don't have a life. You need him. I need him. I depend on him every day for everything that I do. He's my source for everything. Is he your source for everything? He should be your source in every area of your life for everything. He's a good, good God. Amen. And we can expect him to move on a daily basis if we'll let him do that. But he wants to protect you today. Let me get a drink here. And if you're wondering what I'm drinking here, I'm drinking out of my coffee cup and it says trophy husband. And that's from my wife there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't, sometimes as you get older, you, you look in the mirror, you're like, my goodness. And But she always tells me I'm, I'm looking good. She She's looking at my hair today and said, Hey, you're looking good. I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> but, you know, you think about that today, you know, he wants to protect you. You know, let's look a little bit more about this shield here. He says the boss or the handle was like a doorknob. Have you ever seen a doorknob and how they're kind of big? Well, this had a doorknob-like handle on this shield. Powerful to think about, you know, to protect you, that, that big handle in there. You imagine how heavy it was if it was three feet wide and, and it was uh, three and a half feet tall. Think about that today. This was a big one. and holding it by one hand there, you know. These guys had to be strong, but it was an important and valuable piece, and it's, it would protect their lives. So this is a very valuable piece, you know. Your faith is supposed to protect your life. 
You know, it's supposed to protect you in every area. You know, faith is for lots of things, not just to get stuff. It's to protect you, right? It's to help you in every area of your life. Your faith is very important for you, praise the Lord. Because of its size, they, they were protected from well against the enemy. They could also use it to knock an enemy down. You know, your faith can knock the enemy down. <laughs> we're going to see that with Jesus, how his faith could knock the enemy down. But it's important that your faith protects you in every area, and it's protecting your life, right? It's, a, it's a valuable to your life to have a firm persuasion about the things of God. Think about that today. We're going to see some more about that. But notice this shield is to protect you from fiery darts. It says there in the 16th verse, is because you're going to have fiery darts coming at you. You know, he, he attacks your mind with fiery darts of doubt and unbelief. On a daily basis, he'll get up and affect your, affect your thoughts and your morning. He'll, he'll, when you're tired at night, he'll shoot his enemy darts at you with doubt and unbelief. Why do you say doubt and unbelief? Fear. Because he's trying to persuade you of the wrong things, right? Fear is basically a persuasion of the wrong things, right? It's faith going the wrong direction. It's a persuasion, hey, that you should be scared. If you're, You say, well, how do you know that? Well, say, turn on the news a whole bunch. And you're going to be fearful pretty quick, right? Listen to the devil for a long time. You're going to be pretty doubtful, you know? We have to make sure that we put our thoughts on the things that we want to put our thoughts on. Do you know the Bible even tells us specific things he wants us to think about? And one of those things is of good report. <laughs> Boy, it's hard to be negative if you always have a good report about everything that you have coming against you. Well, you know, uh, my car just got hit by a truck, but I'm going to have another truck or, or another car, you know, and... Oh, everything's been going up, but it's going to work out because you're of good report. Think about that today, you know. Hey, I've got this challenge, you know, and but I have a good report. Think about that. Every time, if you have a good report, it's hard to be down, you know, but we're supposed to keep our thoughts on good reports, you know. The enemy's telling you, well, hey, I'm going to take your son or your daughter, and they're not going to be saved or they're going to get off track, you know, but you're supposed to keep your thoughts. Well, God will take care of my family. God will make sure that they get on the right path. I'm just going to keep praying and believing with them, you know. But, you know, you're supposed to be a person of good report, you know. That should affect your mouth, shouldn't it, on a daily basis, you know. You shouldn't be a person that's negative or sad or down, no, because your mind's supposed to be on good report, right, you know. And you're supposed to have self-control. That's one of the first it's of the Spirit, you know. If people had self-control, they wouldn't have any challenges that they have if they'd have self-control. Well, our minds are supposed to be of good report. Our beliefs are of good report and what we're supposed to have, praise the Lord. And that's what he's throwing against you is he's trying to get your mind on track with the wrong thing. So they, they could catch you on fire with these 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 uh, these uh, arrows that they were shooting on, catch them on fire, and they're out of the game. You know, have you ever seen people that are out of the game because of their thought life and their belief system? They're out of the game, you know. I met good. I know. I'm thinking right now of a Christian I know that was one of the head of the pack. He was a faith-filled brother in Christ. Oh my goodness! And he got his thoughts off wrong, caused some actions to happen, and he basically was on fire. And he was out of the game. Didn't live a long life at all. And that wasn't God's best for his life, you know. And and it comes from having wrong beliefs, right? Being persuaded of the wrong things. That shield of faith should buck up in the circumstances and knock those darts down in every area to make sure that you're being more than a conqueror in every situation, right? You're supposed to have good, 
strong beliefs, firmly persuaded of good things. And they know the right outcome that's supposed to happen in your life, praise the Lord. Amen. And knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, those are the strong persuasions, and that's your faith shield in your fight. Amen. Knowing who you are. Hey, if you know you're the righteousness in Christ Jesus, it's hard for him to get you off the wrong track and not have confidence that you should have. Hey, if you know he's forgiven you, hey, it's hard for him to get you off the wrong track and make you think you're not worth anything. Think about that today. You know, your faith is your protection system, your shield in the fight against the enemy. We're going to see some more of this here. Let's look at John 10, 10 before we go any further here. It says, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come. I like that. whole lot better than what the devil comes to do, right? He says, I am come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Powerful to think about. So what should we focus on? The enemy there that he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy? No, we should focus on Jesus who came to give us life and it more abundantly. But we are, he, he put it in there so that you do know we're dealing with an enemy who wants to come. He wants to steal, to kill, and destroy. You know, he, he wants to cause havoc in people's lives. John 10, 10, the Passion Translation, I thought this was a little better. He says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. You say, well, why'd you read that? Because I want it to be etched in your mind that you need to be aware of his tactics and what he's trying to do. You don't let him change your beliefs. You don't let him get you off on the wrong track. Matter of fact, you go back to the word and you listen to the three witnesses in the word and get yourself firmly persuaded and two or three witnesses in the word about his word in every area of your life. Amen. God wants you to be strong in your beliefs. You say, that sounds like, Jeremiah, you're just being, you're, you're prideful. No, I'm, I'm a person that doesn't want to be put on the sidelines. I'm a person that doesn't want to get off track. That's why you need to renew yourself to your beliefs on a regular basis, feeding your faith. I have a whole message on, you know, prospering your soul, and it's all about feeding your faith. You know, this is where a lot of Christians get off track is they don't feed their faith on a regular basis. You may be a person that has strong beliefs, but you still have to feed your faith. You know, faith comes, how's it come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You may have to read it to yourself out loud, listen to it on tape, listen to some ministers preach about it. You know, keep yourself strong in your faith on a daily basis. Who's going to do that for you? Well, no, and it's not going to be the devil. He wants to get you off of track. But you've got to feed your faith on a daily basis, praise the Lord. Keep yourself in the right environment. The key to being a successful Christian, and I totally agree with this, is being in the right environment. You know, it's amazing. People say, oh, I did this. I didn't mean to do this. Well, it's because you didn't place yourself in the right environment, you know. And that's the key to being successful as a Christian, you know. Make sure you're going to church, putting yourself in the right environment. You know, my wife has plants out back, you know, in the back of our home, and, and but she places them around an area in an environment where they're getting sun. They're getting the nutrients from the sun that they need to have. She she waters them. Oh, man, I've seen her water, get tons and tons of jugs of water, running them out there to make sure that they got water, you know, making sure that they have the right soil. But the key to them being uh, fulfilling their destiny, what they're supposed to be, being their full potential, she's got plants that go clear up to the ceiling, the way that they fulfill their potential is having all the things of the right environment, right? 
And it's important that we talked about that path at the beginning. That's the right environment, the path you're supposed to be on, right? Being in the, the right environment. You're here today, the right environment so that you can grow and be what God wants you to be, fulfilling your potential that God has for your life. He wants you to fulfill that thing he has for you. Praise the Lord. The thief cometh only to slaughter and destroy, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Think about that. Well, that's powerful. I can expect some great things from God. He says more than what I can expect. Life, it's fullness until you overflow. My goodness. He wants you to overflow. He wants you to have more than what you need, but he wants you to have life. One version of this same verse says a life better than you dreamed of. Think about that. That sounds like God, doesn't it? He has, if you think about where he is right now, that sounds like him. Up in heaven, a beautiful place in heaven with you know, you think about, you know, I don't believe there's any sickness there. I don't believe there's any tears there. I think my father who's up there, who's enjoying a wonderful atmosphere. Think about that today, you know. He said, I go prepare a place for you. He's building mansions for you up there in heaven. Think about that today. He wants you to have a life better than you ever dreamed of. And I believe he wants you to have it here on earth. He shed his blood so that you'd have the best life you can live. He's a good father. Some of you, it's hard to swallow that, you know, that he's a good father. Hey, man, you need to meditate on that for a little bit. He's a good father, and he cares about you, and he cares about what you're going through right now. You're not alone. He cares about you right there where you're at, and he wants to help you in that circumstance that you're going through. Hey, man, you meditate on that for Marinate on that for a little bit, praise the Lord. He's got some good things. He's a good shepherd, and he has good things in store for you. You're not at the end of your rope. You're not at the end of what you're going through. No, he has good things that are going to come out of your circumstances. He works all things out for the good. If you're praying and you're doing what the verses there talk about in that eighth chapter, hey, there's good things in store for you, and he has good things that he wants to happen in your life. Praise the Lord. So we are Christians. We have to keep our mind. We have to keep in mind that we're still in a war with a, a crazy enemy out there. He's not rational. He, he's not, you're not going to talk him out of it. <laughs> he wants to destroy Christian people. Amen. And, and it's important that we have a good mindset. We, we are dealing with an enemy on a daily basis. Revelations 12, nine says it like this. It says, and that great dragon was cast out in the old serpent, the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Think about that though. He was deceiving the whole world. You know, and he, he deceives a lot of people. You'll see people at the height of their career take their life on some drugs. You'll see people at the height of their career, the most unhappy people in the world, because he deceives them. They, they always think they've got to have something better, or they, always, they don't have any fulfillment at home. Their heart is empty because they haven't received God. Think about that today. He deceives their lives. They think there's a better way, you know than not serving Jesus, and there is no better way. Maybe you're listening today, and you think, well, you have a better way. No, there's not a better way than Jesus. Jesus is the answer for your everything, and he's the answer for your eternity, and you need to make sure that you're focused on him, praise the Lord. I know there's lots of people today who say there's many pathways to God, but no, there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ and it's important that you see him today. He want, You're going to face your maker one day, and you're going to look into his eyes, and he's going to tell you, and he's going to have love in his eyes, and he's going to tell you, hey, I wish you would have accepted me. 
Think about that today. He wants you to have the best. He shed his blood for you to have the best. And he wants you to enjoy it on a daily basis, the things he's paid for, praise the Lord. Amen. I've got pages and pages here, and I have already been going for almost an hour. Let's talk for just a little bit here about Genesis, the third chapter, the first verse. He says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. Now we're reading the verse 1 through 7 here. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the, of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, you know, God doesn't lie. And he gave her clear instructions what's going to happen if you eat of that tree. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. And see, this is how he comes against people in their lives. He's trying to persuade you of the wrong things. I, you know, I had a quote here uh, from uh, Reverend uh, Doug Jones. He's one of the teachers at uh, Raymond Bible School there. And he had this great thing that he, after doing a study on this, that he said, he said, the enemy always throws thoughts, ideas, and suggestions at you. Think about that today. He gives you thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. That sounds like a deceiver. That's how he does it with everybody. He deceives people, but he throws thoughts at you, ideas, and suggestions. And what's he trying to do? He's trying to persuade you of the wrong things. And that's exactly what he did here to Eve. And notice that he's actually questioning what God had told him to do. You know, and he, he always tries to get you to question what God has you to do. You know, I don't know how many times I'm going up there, you know, and I'm doing the right things and the, you know, on the pathway that God has for my life. And some of it seems very in, uh, not rational, <laughs> what God might have me to do, you know. But he likes to throw thoughts, ideas, and suggestions to you to make you think, well, you're not doing anything of any value. There's nothing important about what you're doing, you know. And he likes to keep you from doing that thing he's called you to do. But, you know, spiritually, there's a whole lot going on. There's a fight going on to keep you from fulfilling the destiny that God has for your life. You know, he likes to throw thoughts, ideas, and suggestions at you. Notice what he says to Eve here. He says, he says to the uh, woman here, he said, uh, you shall not surely die, right? You getting off the path and you not doing what God asked you to do. You, you surely won't have any challenges and you surely won't, you, you'll, you'll still fulfill God's perfect will for your life. And oh, don't worry about it. It's not important, you know. Are you going to listen to that? What if you're the only one that God's going to use to minister to somebody particularly? And because you listened to the enemy, you didn't minister to that one specific one. And it cost them their destiny. Now, God might use someone else, but he is working with people, right? And they have free wills. But if, if you didn't do that thing that God call, asked you to do, how, how many people is that going to affect? You know, yeah, sure, it's going to cost you some time, some resources, some energy. But who, how much of an effect is it going to have on other people? You know, he likes to get us to think about ourselves, doesn't he, a whole lot. And he, that's because he thinks about himself. A whole lot. You remember, you look at when he was in heaven and he was, he, he got shot down from the earth, shot down to the earth. You know, he's like, he, he told that, he told God, he said, I will, you know, exalt my throne above your throne is all the I, I will do this and I will do that. You know, he's all about me. He's all about I. And he likes to get you focused on yourself about how you feel, 
what you're going through in your circumstances, you know. He gives you thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And God's getting, he wants you to listen to your faith. Faith has nothing to do with your feelings. Faith has to do with his word and what he's told you to do. And it's important that we listen to his word and listen to the precious Holy Spirit because he's always going to direct you the best way. Not the ideas and thoughts and suggestions of the enemy, praise the Lord. Let's look at the second. Well, let's see here. Uh, Let's go to the fifth verse. For God doth know in that day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You know, and he's giving you false hope in the wrong things, false information. You know, we're living in an age when there's all kinds of false information. But he's giving them a false sense of hope, isn't he, you know? And God gives you eternal promises, and his promises always come with security. But he likes to give people falsehoods. You say, well, he, what are you talking about, Jeremiah? Let me give you an example. He said, well, it's always better over here. If you would do this, it's always better over in this. If you'll do this, it's going to be better over here for you. But God knows if you, if you do what he tells you to do, you're going to end up with all that and more if you'll listen to what God has to say for your life. He said, if you have patience, you won't want any good thing. Did you know that? If you have patience and walk in God's plan, he says you won't want anything. That's a pretty big promise, isn't it? You're going to get everything that your heart desires if you fall after God, the good things that he has for your life. Think about that in your life today. God wants you to have everything that you desire, and he wants you to fulfill your hopes and dreams in him, praise the Lord. And he wants to help to stay on that path. You're going to find the good things. Remember I told you I even met my wife on that path. Think about that. He, he has your heart's desires down that path. The things that you're going to enjoy, things you don't even know that you're going to enjoy because he created you and he knows what you like more than you know what you like. He's going to take care of you. He's going to make sure you have everything you need to have if you stay on that path that he has for your life. Praise the Lord. The fifth verse says, For God did not know in that day that ye eat thereof, your eyes will be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. False hope and wrong things, right? The sixth verse says, And when the woman saw that the trees were good for food, right, her senses saw that, hey, this looks better over here, <laughs> and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be to desire to make one wise, she took of the fruit of thereof and did eat and gave unto her husband. Notice that Adam was there. This was, he's, he's supposed to be taking charge of the garden, and he's letting all this go on, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Powerful to think about, right? Well, you know, it all had to do with their belief system. If they would have kept faith in God and kept faith in what he said, they would have never been in the circumstance that they were in. But you have to listen to what he's persuaded you of. God is a good persuader. And he, he, makes, he wants you to make sure you have faith in the things that you need to have faith in in every circumstance. We're going to talk more about that, you know. Let me give you a good example about that. You say, well, how does your faith protect you? Well, you know, I remember, you know, I was I was doing some YouTube, I was uh, doing some work around the house, and I was watching some YouTube videos, you know, and I wasn't confident in uh, some of these areas. You know, I'm not a plumber. <laughs> I'm not a TV fixer. I'm not a car fixer. But it's amazing how, if you have the right information, how you can do some amazing things, you know. I've done some amazing work on some things, you know. And one particular, I never forget. I was doing. I was. I had a washer that would run for thirty minutes, and you were hoping and praying that the, that the thing would actually clean something in my house, you know. <laughs> 
But I got to watching a YouTube video, and after watching this guy show me everything about it, you know, and I had confidence enough to fix my own washer. You know, I ordered the parts that he, he described there in the YouTube video. I said, honey, I'm going to go for this, you know, and I took the thing and fixed it. I had confidence, though, to do it myself after watching and listening, you know, and it's amazing how I could just I could step out and do something I didn't even think I could do, you know. And I, I watched that video, and I mean, he, he showed me, and I got these parts, ordered them off of Amazon, and got these parts. And I mean, it was amazing. I was amazed how a washer has so many plastic parts, you know. <laughs> but I took these plastic parts and put them on the washer, and I mean, that thing ran and ran and ran well after replacing those parts. You know, there were common parts that were breaking on that particular washer. And, you know, it's amazing how when I got the right information, I was persuaded to do something I didn't even think I could do. And, you know, God can persuade you in his word to do things you don't even think you're capable of. He can persuade you to fulfill things. You look at, uh, you look at David and when he fought the giant, how he, he was little, but he was persuaded he could take out that giant. Man, you know, you think about that today, you know. Joshua. He was meditating day and night, and he was able to go and take the land. Think about that today. You know, he was persuaded. God told him, he said, meditate day and night. What was he telling him? He was saying, get yourself firmly persuaded. Make sure that you're persuaded. Don't, don't get away from the word, Joshua. Get, stay close to the word, Joshua, and you're going to fulfill that destiny that I have for your life. He, he didn't tell Joshua to do many other things. You know, but he told him one of the biggest things he told him to do, meditate day and night. Keep your mind right, Joshua. Make sure that you're focusing on the right things. And I believe he's telling somebody to that today. He's like, keep your mind right. Keep yourself persuaded in the right things. And you're going to get victory. You're going to go places you didn't think you could possibly go. If you'll listen to God's word and let him persuade you and build faith on the inside. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. You're, I mean, even when you listen to this message today, your faith is getting built up and getting you encouraged. Don't let the devil take that from you. You leave this message and you go out there into life and, you know, he comes right away to steal the word. You know, as soon as you turn this off, he's gonna, you're going to go out there and he's going to try to take the word from you. But it's important that you keep your, come back to the word. Put another... But listen to another message. Play this message a whole bunch. Make sure you're keeping yourself persuaded. God is going to bring you through. He's going to get you that. He's going to make sure that you're healed. He's going to make sure that you got the way out. He always leads a way out. The Bible talks about, you know, he said he wouldn't put more on you than you can bear. And he always makes a way of an escape. He has ways to take you, take you through every situation. And he has paths to bring you through with no harm. If you listen to God and let him do that in your circumstance, praise the Lord. Jesus went through this, and I'm just going to go over this real quick here. And the temptation of the enemy, he, you know, he went out there and he was tempted by the devil. There in the Matthew the 4. And uh, we'll go over it real quick here. I just have a few minutes here. Let's start with the, fourth, or the very first of Matthew 4. It says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Right? And he, he's, he, what is he doing? He's throwing thoughts at him, ideas and suggestions. 
Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of, the, of God. Notice, though, he, he's, he's kept his face shield up. He's persuaded of the right things. Think about that today. you got to keep your face shield up. If some information comes to you that doesn't line up with the word, Buck it back with the face shield. That's exactly what Jesus was doing here with his firm persuasions, his beliefs, his faith. He was bucking that thing down, that dart that the enemy was throwing at him. He was bucking at it with his shield, protecting himself. Every time that dart was coming against him, well, he does it again here. The fifth verse is, And the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. What did Jesus do? He said, Jesus answered him, it is written. Let me remind you what the Bible actually says. He says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He put the face shield up, kicked him back, knocked him back down in the dirt. <laughs> his beliefs, his faith, his firm persuasions, right? You can remind the devil about himself. He may tell you he's big, bad, and ugly. You can remind him, well, you're not that bad because your time is almost up. <laughs> remind him what it really says about him. You know, remind him what's going to happen to him and who he really is. He's just a fallen angel. Amen. You can you can stand up against your enemy if you, with the word of God. The eighth verse is again, the devil took him. And notice he doesn't give up easy. You're going to have to use your face shield over and over throughout your day. He says again, the devil took him up to a, high, a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this will I give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus answered him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It pays to know the word, right? If he tells you you're not going to come out of a circumstance, you can buck him back down with that, that face shield, knock him back down with the face shield and protect yourself from that fiery dart and say, I always triumph through Christ Jesus. You know you're going to have victory. You know you're going to come through. Even if you died, you're going to go to heaven. Think about that today. You're always going to triumph through Christ Jesus. In every circumstance, you're going to win. Doesn't matter what it looks like, how bad it looks right now, but if you have the right information, you're going, to, you're going to conquer in every situation, right? And you can buck him down with that face shield. You say, well, what are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, you can say, well, I'm accepting the beloved, right? If you're talking about a situation there where he, you know, that he does, he's making you feel like you're invaluable, you can tell, I am the righteousness in Christ. You can put your face shield up there and protect yourself and knock him back down. Ephesians 1, 16 says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made me accepted, and the beloved, right? He he said, well, God can't accept you. You can say, well, no, he, he's made me accepted in the beloved. Romans 5, 19 says, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by one obedience of one shall many be made righteous. He made you righteous in Christ Jesus. You know, and maybe today he's been telling you, you know, that you're not even, you're not valuable. You're not part of the family. You can say, no, I am in the family and I am the healed of the Lord. The Bible says that you're accepting the beloved and that he's adopted you into the family. It's important to know and have firm persuasion and firm faith of who you really are. 
Maybe he's trying to take your healing today. You can tell him Isaiah 53, 5, for he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chancement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Think about that today. I am the healed of the Lord. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Think about that today. Bucketing back with that faith shield, keeping your healing, keeping your, your, who you are in Christ, fighting the fight of faith we were talking about at the very beginning, fighting the good fight of faith, right? Maybe he says you're not going to have a good life. Well, Romans 8, 16 through 17 says, For himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, we're heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, so that we may suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Think about that. You're an heir of Christ Jesus. You've got all the inheritance. That's a pretty good life to live on a daily basis. John 10, 10, the Passion Translation, we just read it earlier. He says that he, he came to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect life in the fullness to overflow. In Ephesians there, he says it like this. He says, live in the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. The good life. And so if the enemy tells you you're not going to have a good life, you point him back to the scriptures. God came to give me a good life. I remember on my dad's deathbed, he, was, he said, well, what kind of life you want to live? He said, I want to live a good one. <laughs> He kept his confession right, and he knew what God had paid for him. Think about that today. Can you keep your confession right up all the way to the end? Have good things to say about God and keep your beliefs and keep bucking the faith shield at the enemy all through your life? Amen. That's what it's all about, living the life of faith, right? Not losing the faith, not making shipwreck, but living the life of faith, a good life. It's a good fight that God has for you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. You've been so good to us, Father. And we thank you for this good life that you paid for through your Son, through Jesus Christ. Father, we just, as we come before you, we ask that you help us, Lord, to be firmly persuaded in every area of our lives, Father, of the good things that Jesus has done for us, Father, so that we don't, we don't have those listening, any of the people listening, going shipwrecked, Father, in this walk of faith, <clears throat> you're, living, you're firmly persuading them. And, Father, we ask you to help them be rooted and grounded in your love, we pray in Jesus' name. And, Father, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus, I ask that you minister to them right now and help them to come to know Jesus right now, we pray in Jesus' name. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus. He wants to have a relationship with you. Amen. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk to you. He's, a, he's not a dead God. He's a God that's alive. I don't know if someone's ever told you that. I remember being on the back of a, of a diesel truck when I was a teenager there, and I'll never forget, you know, I was working with this gentleman. I mentioned that I, I had a fellowship with God. He said, whoa, you know, he's like, he thought lightning was going to strike me or strike him, you know, because he taught all of his life, you know, that God was scary. Well, God wants to walk with you, and he wants to have a relationship with you on a daily basis. He's your maker. And he wants to have a good relationship with you. If you'd like to know him today, just pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray it out of, out of um, Romans, the 10th chapter, 9th and 10th verse. The Bible says, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe God has risen Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. All you got to do is pray this with me right now. And I believe he'll save you right there where you're at. So pray this with me. Father, 
I believe that you've risen Jesus from the dead. And Father, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life right now. Jesus, come be Lord of my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. There's some of you, I feel like the Lord's telling me that, and praise the Lord for you getting saved, by the way. And uh, But there's some others that I believe that need to rededicate their life to the Lord. And I feel the Holy Spirit unctioning me about you. And you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You've gotten yourself off track. You've been listening to this message and you want to get back on track. Just pray this with me. Father, help me to be on track with you. Father, I rededicate my life to you right now. I confess what you said about my sins, that they're forgiven. As you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And Father, help me as I repent, Father, to walk with you on a daily basis. Holy Spirit, help me to have the power to repent and to walk with you on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, if you rededicated your life today, or if you accepted Jesus into your life today, I believe God's doing some wonderful things in you. And I believe he's got some wonderful things he's wanting to accomplish through you if you let him do that. We love you. God bless you. And we will look forward to spending more time with you Wednesday. God bless you. And we'll try to get you that coffee confessions at midnight tonight. God bless you. And I hope that you enjoy your time with me today in the precious Holy Spirit. God bless you. If you'd like to contact us for a prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.